It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and cannabis lifestyle guide. I hope you're transitioning into the new year with style and grace. But if you're struggling a bit, you certainly aren't alone. I'll be the first to admit that 2020 was the most challenging year of my professional life. It was a stellar one, though, for the cannabis industry as a whole. Did you know that during the 2020 general election and amid the COVID lockdown, voters in six states approved either adult use or medical cannabis legalization measures? And according to a Leafly analysis of state tax and revenue data, total medical and adult use cannabis sales reached almost $18 billion in 2020, which is over $7 billion more than in 2019. The main driver of the increase, Leafly says, was an increase in the average purchase size of established customers. Those people up to their monthly cannabis buys between 25 and 40% on average. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. Cannabis consumers, we ain't no dummies. With the COVID lockdowns, folks like me spent way more time alone leaning on cannabis as our partner and sounding board. And cannabis became a peace pipe for couples and families spending way more time together. No matter your situation, our mental and emotional fortitude was certainly tested. And whether you liked it or not, it was a game-changing year for personal and spiritual growth. Disconnecting from the noise and utilizing plant medicine was an essential part of me soothing myself through the discomfort of financial uncertainty. 
I definitely increased my cannabis consumption in 2020, and I also experimented with microdosing psilocybin. Today's guest on the podcast is a friend I've watched make magical transformations in her life using cannabis, psilocybin, and functional mushrooms to reprogram her mind. I believe emotional intelligence is one of the many gifts plant medicine offers if we're willing to do the work. I've witnessed Dawn's journey and am excited to share with you how she lost over 100 pounds, stopped drinking alcohol, got off pharmaceutical drugs for anxiety, depression, and high blood pressure, and re-engaged with life by changing her thought diet. If you're curious about the benefits of microdosing mushrooms, this podcast is certainly for you. It's also for anyone looking to disrupt old thought patterns and replace them with high-vibe messages of health and abundance. So smoke them if you got them and settle in for a mind-opening chat on magic and mushrooms. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take I'll visualize healing energies coming in through my crown chakra and going through my entire body and know that all those little bits of light are healing and rejuvenating every cell. And I say my body is healing and repairing itself. And I started adding on that my body is upgrading to the highest version of a human body possible in this reality and still be able to remain in it and do what I came here to do. And then the wisdom to go with a body like that. Yes. I like that a yeah. lot. Something that came in very clear for me the beginning of this year before I really started losing a lot of weight and stuff was, and I'm not a person that ever did this, but I needed to take care of my body. I have always avoided my body. I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to think about it, but I can't be in this game without it. So why not have the best body that I can have to play the rest of this game? I feel like I've started a whole new chapter in my life and let's have a body that's fun. Let's have a body that doesn't hold us down. Let's see what it can do. I really, it really came through clear to me. It was like, let's take this thing and dust it off and shine it up and see what it can do. You've abused it for decades. You're still here. You're obviously here for a reason. Let's build it up and have fun with it and see how much your life will change. I never thought that way before, ever. I never took care of myself. I hated my body. I despised it. I hated the way I looked. I hated the way I sounded. I hated the way I felt. If I could have gotten away from my body, Without dying, somehow, I would have done it. So for me to have a, a flip like that, I don't understand it. But I know the mushrooms helped with that. I love it. And I'm so glad you're here to talk to me about that today because I've watched you make this transition. I've watched you turn into this new person. <laughs> and I've seen you get a new body. Yes. And so, you know, one of the things that I was trying in 2020 when I was spending so much time alone was trying to find a substitute for consuming cannabis all day long. Yeah. And I had reached out to you about microdosing psilocybin and what I was doing wasn't working for me. I was trying to find, you know, something so I wouldn't have the short-term memory loss and I yeah. wouldn't have the cough and the things, the little annoyances and I thought, okay, psilocybin might be able to give me these same things. But 
it doesn't. It's different. It's totally different. And it wasn't working for me. And I'm like, okay, the psilocybin, microdosing psilocybin, this isn't the instant gratification that you get from no. smoking a joint and then just feeling the the worry and the anxiety and the tension kind of release. I mean, microdosing psilocybin for me, I learned that that's the long game. Yes. And so figuring out what's the strategy behind it to make sure that it is working for me and with me to get me where I need to be, where cannabis truly is my daily medicine. Yes, I agree. Where cannabis might be checkers, psilocybin was chess. Yeah. The first time I had ever looked at psilocybin, I just came across a YouTube video several years ago. I didn't know anything about it. I saw a guy growing it in a tub in his house, and he took it for cluster migraines. And I'm like, oh, that's that's really cool. Um, but being raised by a pharmacist, you know, I didn't know anything about it. And I was totally believed what I was taught that all that stuff was illegal and it was terrible and don't touch it. And so I never thought much about the mushrooms until I started listening to him. So that kind of piqued my interest. Then I just thought, well, I wonder what it could do for me. And I, I wanted to take mushrooms before I even knew what microdosing was just to see, but I always had some fear of it. But the microdosing let me get some in me and experience a little bit of the physical of it without being having to trip mm-hmm. and be scared of what would happen. But I didn't do it consistently. I was, I'm going to say I started in late 2018 trying to microdose and feel, see what I wanted to do with it and probably started noticing some changes in my thought patterns probably four to six months later after consistently doing a microdose every four days. When I started realizing that where I normally had those negative thoughts that just popped up without me even having to think about it, and I was changing, I could catch those and go, why did I think that? That's when I was like, oh, the mushrooms are doing something. Mm -hmm. Because I hadn't been able to catch my crazy negative thinking not even be aware of it until I was in such anxiety and depression. Until you'd already spiraled. Yes. Yes. I noticed a huge difference when I was finally able to let go of drinking alcohol. I drank alcohol every night for years without fail. Even if I was sick, I'd make myself a hot toddy. Now, I never had the DTs or I've got to have a drink or anything like that. It was all mental. I was too terrified not to drink. But once I finally let that go. I think that's when I was really able to realize how much the mushrooms had helped me change. I do think they helped me let go of the alcohol and Mm -hmm. change some of my fears about not having a drink. Let me just tell you a little bit about the way I used to be. Um, I'm 54 now. I um, had had depression and anxiety, crippling depression and anxiety since my 20s had been on tons of antidepressants, anti-anxieties, in therapy three times a week, in a psychiatric hospital for suicide attempts, and just told that I would never be able to come off antidepressants. It was just my brain chemistry was that way. I was just one of those people that would always be on them. And how did you find yourself there? What led to that? What were those dark spots that led you to that in your 20s? What? Life events? Yeah. When someone's trying to put themselves in someone else's shoes, Mm -hmm. you've done this thing, you found microdosing psilocybin to be helpful for you, but you have no fucking idea what I've been through in my life. 
Yeah. So set the stage so that we know where you were to where you have ended up. My mother was a drug addict of my parents owned a pharmacy. My dad's a pharmacist. And my mother was very addicted to prescription painkillers and anti-anxiety and all that kind of stuff. So she was not a really nice mother sometimes and was pretty abusive emotionally. I was started being sexually abused by my granddad when I was three. I developed an eating disorder, uh, overeating and eating to comfort myself and emotionally eating. Um, started gaining a lot of weight when I was nine. That brings on the wrath of your mother when you start getting fat. And so she would, didn't get kinder. She got even meaner. So you you develop all this self-hatred because you think you're just a total POS. If your own mother <laughs> can't stand to look at you, you you take all that to heart. A child will go, God, I, I freaking suck. Mm-hmm. I just suck. So I kind of got to the point where I was like, I'll beat people to the punch. So I will go ahead and, and declare myself a piece of shit loser before anybody else can do it. You know, the way a kid thinks sometimes, you, you try to protect yourself from other people's ugliness. So if you just put it on yourself to begin with, then nobody else can hurt you. So I built up that kind of wall and then a wall of weight. And I was able to kind of hold it together through my teens. But in in my 20s, I got to where my early 20s, the depression and stuff had gotten so bad that I, I wouldn't even hardly talk. And I wouldn't express any emotion. I was seething with anger most of the time. It, and I would just quit talking. Did you go off to college? I did, but it was it was a train wreck. Growing up, I grew up in a tiny town. And so I went from a, being in high school classes with like 30 kids into a, a major university with 400 people in my class. And I didn't, I couldn't handle that anxiety. It was a totally different world to me. And I was just in Lubbock. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I hated the college experience as far as classes and stuff. I had um, fun drinking and partying and being away from my parents but I didn't do well in college. And the depression got worse, and I began cutting on myself, self-mutilation, to help me feel something. And um, it finally got to the point where um, my parents encouraged me to go see a therapist. And at that point, I had blocked out a lot of the sexual abuse. I mean, it was gone from my mind. And you, you think, how could that happen to you for 10 years from family members? And you not remember it. But I didn't. It had been shut off in a closet in my brain, not to be touched again until I got into therapy. And she even asked me, she was like, have you experienced sexual abuse? I'm like, no. Wow. No, not me. I had made up this persona and believed it. Which just shows the power of our mind. Exactly. Which we'll get into more exactly. later. <laughs> so if, if you realize what you can do to yourself with your thoughts, you can make it really miserable or you can make it really magical. Yes. My 20s, I was in and out of, you know, psychiatric hospital on tons of antidepressants, trying to find something to keep me from killing myself. Finally, the last one I was on that got me where I could go for a while without a suicide attempt was Prozac. And it just basically blunted my emotions where I could just coast through life, just kind of apathetic. I'm like, I don't care one way or the other. You know, 
I'm still here. I'll just keep floating and doing life stuff. I hated it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I don't understand why I'm on this freaking planet. I don't get it. So you get on Prozac. You're on autopilot. Yeah. How did you transition into that next phase of adulthood? Um, through my 20s, I worked as a nail technician and just worked and lived nothing exciting. But I wasn't trying to kill myself anymore. But I was still depressed and had anxiety. And I had to take clonazepam for panic attacks and stuff like that. And in my 30s, I had a severe back injury, which started a avalanche of health problems for me. It just went in from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. So that doesn't help the depression and anxiety either. And I don't know, my life just sucked. I hated it. I didn't know what to do other than just keep going. But I had an epiphany one day after getting out of the hospital for one of the millionth times I had been in and out, in and out. And it helped shift my thinking a little bit. I had it sounded like my mother's voice telling me, you don't have to be the girl with back pain anymore. And it was such a lightning bolt epiphany that it shifted me somehow. I don't know how to explain it anymore. And I started down a spiritual path. And I started reading about how we create our own reality with our thoughts. And I was like, okay, it sounds like absolute bullshit, but I haven't been doing so well on my own. So let's look at something else outside of my normal thinking patterns here and see if we can't find something else once I could be okay with the thought that I had created what I was experiencing you can let go of a lot of the blame that's that's what keeps kept me in victimhood was well I'm going to blame my mother for being a drug addict I'm going to blame my granddad for being a pedophile I'm going to blame society for me getting fat no these are all things that my soul wanted to experience in this lifetime Once I got to the point where I could say that and halfway believe it a little bit, things started changing for me. Our thoughts do create our reality. Amen. I buy into that. I have my own anecdotal evidence of that as well. And so when you do believe that and shit isn't going the way you want it to go. Yeah. You know, I woke up on, you know, New Year's Eve and had a panic attack. Because I was seeing myself waking up one year later, feeling like I hadn't accomplished any of the things that I needed slash wanted to get done. And I just thought, what in the world have I done this year? Like, this has been the hardest year of my life. And I'm right back where I started and just feeling the overwhelm and the anxiety and not being able to breathe and not being able to see past that spiral of shit that I was in. And when you are a thoughts become things, I am a powerful creator. Yes. Then you do. There's no one else to blame but yourself. And so you go, it, it creates an inward journey to get to the solution. And then what if there is nobody to blame? There is nothing to blame. This was what my soul wanted to experience for this life. So why would I blame myself or anybody else? There is nothing to blame. This was what I had planned. You say you were in the exact same place as you were a year ago. 
your reality looks like it is, but you are not the same person you were a year ago. Yes. After 2020, there's not a damn person on this planet that was the same person that they were a year ago. Yes, I absolutely agree. And that, you know, and that's the thing. That's the conversation that I'm having with my higher self during that time, or my higher self is having with me, I should say. Yes. And I know with certainty that cannabis was a beneficial co-pilot for me during 2020. Like it was the, the most challenging professional year of my life, but it was also the most magnificent growth year of my life personally. Yes. And so being able to uh, relax and allow myself to see that and to know that, okay, like, yes, there are moves to be made, but being able to do it from a a different mindset and, you know, implant medicine is such an important catalyst to getting there and to being able to actively I don't know. I want to say actively use those tools. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you being someone who I have been watching do this. I mean, you started out reintroducing cannabis into your life. And then, you you know, you did a deep dive on microdosing psilocybin. So I would love for you to just talk through how that journey began for you and what you've done and, and the tools you've developed. Because right now, we didn't flip a magic switch and the COVID bullshit just went away on January 1st. Like we're still in it. Yep. And you know, people like you and I who live alone, we have spent more time alone. Yes. In the last year than ever before. Yes. And then those people that have partners and families have spent more together time than they ever have in their lives. So we're still in the middle of this. We're in the thick of it. So I'm hoping that, you know, your story can pique other people's curiosities and and give them hope that there that there is a different and better way. And it can all be accomplished through plant medicine. Yes. Yes. And I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but I was a pharmacy tech for 20 years and I, I was an EMT. So I was immersed in Western medicine and, you know, don't look at plant medicine. I never would. I, I, I liked smoking cannabis off and on, but I never used it as a medicine. I used it more like you would alcohol. So I wanted to say I did wean myself off of antidepressants in 2013 and was able to keep myself off of them, but I drank alcohol. So I hadn't dealt with everything and I just switched out one for the other. But when I was able to quit drinking in November of 2019 and really get my body clean enough, I also went through a major detox. I I went through an herbal detox program and cleaned my body up. And so we just did an episode with Jack Kungle, who is a Canadian who had... 22 pharmaceutical drugs flowing through his system, toxic marriage, you know, toxic (laughs) friends, all the shit. And he cleaned up his life, introduced um, in the ingesting of cannabis into his diet. And so we've had this precursor of that detoxification. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check it out and tee yourself up for this conversation that Don and I are having. Yeah. Detoxing made a tremendous difference. I cut out aluminum. You know, in the deodorants and stuff, I cut out fluoride years ago. 
and cutting out fluoride. That's getting natural toothpaste, but that's yes. also not drinking tap water. Exactly. I, I only drink bottled water or, you know, spring water. Yeah. And have and, for years. And we're not, we're, do not go out and buy a case of bottled water. Go to your local water source and get... And get alkaline water if you can. Yes. That's better for us too. Um, but starting to make friends with my body instead of fighting it all the time and hating it and, and blaming, there's that word again, blaming my body for everything. This body is amazing. I have abused the shit out of this thing, taking it to the edge of hell over and over and over in numerous ways. And I'm still here. So it, it, it kind of came in in the beginning of 2020. I started having the thought. I was like, huh, what if you... What if you actually took care of your body instead of abusing it all the time? What would your life look like? And it, it was just kind of organic, and I didn't even notice it. Now, I, I started moving. If somebody told me to exercise to lose weight, I would go, F you, and park my ass in the recliner and refuse to move. It was, I'm so fucking stubborn. In 2020, when I needed to do something because I was alone for so long, I started walking around my backyard, and it's got a heel in it. And, well, I started moving. I started losing a little bit of weight. And without even realizing, I had started intermittent fasting. There's so many people <laughs> that that think they can't in, do the intermittent fasting. And frankly, I'm one of them because I like to graze a little bit all the time. Mm -hmm. But there have there are times when the, the way your schedule falls that it's like, yeah, people are naturally intermittent fasting. Yes. But when you put a label on it and you call it some sort of diet fad. Oh, yeah. Then that. Puts all this pressure around it, and then you've got that whole thing where people are comparing what you're doing to what exactly. somebody else is doing, and just instead of letting their body naturally guide them and having creating that personal relationship with their body. That, exactly. Had someone told me, well, if you'll lose weight if you'll start fasting, I'd go, I'm not fasting. Fuck you. Yeah. The thing I noticed with the mushrooms is my thoughts changed. I could actually sit down with myself and have a conversation I would walk to the fridge to get something, and I'd, I'd ask myself, but are you hungry? And I'd sit there and think about a minute and check in with my body, and I'm go, I'm not. Why did I go to the fridge? Because it had become such a habit. Oh, there's crackers on the counter. I'll go grab one and eat it. Was I hungry? No, it was there. Catching those things was key for me. Um, it was like catching the negative thoughts. And I, and I would journal. I'd go, why do I eat when I'm upset? When you have to write something down and pull it into the 3D where it's sitting there on a piece of paper and you can read it, you see what your thoughts look like. It's easier than when it's floating in your head. And I was like, God, I just, I just go eat to eat. I'm not even hungry. And I would overeat to where my stomach hurt. And I'm like, why do I do this? Why do I do this? And then I just decided, well, let's not do it this time. And it was little things like that, things that if somebody had written it down in a book for me, I would have gone, that's absolute bullshit. I, yeah. Nobody can do that. So I know a lot of people were frustrated with me when I was losing weight really quickly. And they were like, well, how are you doing? And I'd go, uh, I don't know. It hasn't been hard. I would have slapped somebody like that 10 years ago. Yeah. It wasn't hard for me to lose weight. Well, and so, <laughs> I, w w with what you're saying, you know, one of the things that I believe in that I have witnessed in my own life is that the micro choices become the macro yes. of our lives. 
And so it is in that moment of pausing, thinking, questioning the thought, the action, the step, and being intentional when you do make the choice. Yes. This just came to me. The mushrooms help me shut off the autopilot. Put the autopilot in the back seat. The the thing where I just went through life doing the same shit over and over and over. What is that insanity? You do the same shit over and over and over and expect a different experience each time. No, stop the autopilot. Ask yourself, why did I just do that? Why have I done this my whole life? When you can start catching those little things and realize if I've been doing it this way the whole time, why don't I try to do it this way? I took a lot of negative beliefs and habits and made them positive replacements. We all have the the self-talk in the back of our heads that we're not even aware of anymore. And, and one thing that I had told myself since I was young, that I was stupid, fat, and ugly. Where did I get that? I don't know. Probably my mother said it at one point, and I took it on as the gospel truth and decided to just implant that in my brain and have that playing all the time. It's just what we do. So I took that one and I replaced it with my body is healing and repairing itself. And I made that a a loop. And I would say it over and over and over until it was in my subconscious so much that I could wake myself up saying it. That's when I knew that that program had took. It was just like a computer. I'd, I'd take out the old programming and insert new programming. It's just replacing negative self talk with positive self talk. I took my phone and uh, voice recorded in, in my own voice a bunch of positive things I want to say about myself. And I would just hear it playing over and over. It's self-hypnosis. It's my voice saying it over and over and over. These are things that I did when I'm alone for weeks at a time and not seeing another human. I had to become my own best friend. And i got to tell you, it's way more pleasant than hating myself all the time. I absolutely loved 2020. I'm probably one of the few people on the planet that absolutely loved what happened to me. But I'm 54 years old, and I have never loved myself. I have never been comfortable with myself. And I am my own best friend now. And I am discovering so much about me that it just makes me cry sometimes that I didn't know this wonderful person was there because I tried to get away from her for so long. And I, I feel like I'm so much in touch with my soul now where I couldn't even imagine loving myself before 2020 has been a godsend to me and then the mushrooms were just I mean it was divine timing please that this is something else I noticed about 2020 um they say that the people most susceptible to COVID are obese people (laughs) I swear my higher self is like girl you got to lose some weight before 2020 because COVID will take your ass out I was 245 pounds in February of 2019 and I was 212 on December 26 of 2019. I now weigh 133 pounds. You weigh what I weigh, girl. Yes, Way ma'am. Go. I don't ever remember wearing clothes that were jeans that were single digits. These are fours. This is so far out of my realm. I mean, I've lost weight, but it would be off for such a short amount of time that I couldn't even really get into it. I have never felt like when I've lost weight before that I wouldn't have to worry about it again until now. My thinking has changed. My thought diet was far more important than my food diet. My thought diet's about what I thought about myself and what I deserved and how I should treat myself. Changing that was way more important than the food. And by changing the thoughts, my food diet changed into a much more healthy 
diet. I eat way healthier. Lots of fruits and vegetables. I don't overeat. It was my thoughts. But that is our reality. We create with our thoughts. Absolutely. And and then you becoming best friends with your body, you started listening to what your body was asking for. Yes. That was the other thing. I didn't know what my body wanted because I spent so much time trying to run from the thing or just shut it up or get it drunk or something that I couldn't even connect to it. It was like a separate entity from my thoughts. You know, and the alcohol thing, I recently read that alcohol damages our pineal gland. And and you had mentioned before about the calcification of the pineal gland. Let's talk a little bit about that based on your your life in the pharmaceutical community yes. and then professionally and then your life now as someone who has become your own advocate yes and in tune with plant medicine and mother earth and growing your own food and things like that that I know you've done homework on it as well so you can yeah. speak more articulately about it than I can I won't call you an expert, but you can be more articulate than I can. Well, you, whatever you read on the internet, you just have to take with a grain of salt. But I, I kept seeing that, that fluoride could calcify our pineal gland. Our pineal gland is with the third eye. And I'm not that familiar with what the pineal gland does. I know it's very important for a spiritual life and everything. And I also know that Prozac is supposed to, I think it has fluoride in it. Don't quote me on that. But I've heard people say that it can calcify the pineal gland. Well, you know, that doesn't surprise me when I think about my, I didn't take Prozac, but I took antidepressants Mm -hmm. and just the haze and the numbing of everything of the entire experience, Yes, not to mention the pleasure centers of your body. Yes, yes, yes. And so then we're talking about sex being numbed. We're talking about food. Yes. The experience with food being numbed, you know, interactions with friends and family and loved ones. Like if a veil is pulled over my brain, yes, you know, and there's an alternative. Yes. That is whole plant based. That doesn't have side effects. That doesn't have negative side effects unless we're talking about someone um, over consuming. Yes. You know, quote unquote overdosing and then having the psychedelic experiences that they can handle if they are in tune with their bodies. It it may be one hell of a ride, but you can handle it. It's just making sure you have that mental and emotional fortitude. Yeah. Seriously, getting off the alcohol and detoxing my body as much as I could, the mushrooms really blossomed after that. Um, And I could tell the effects. I was more aware of the effects. Mm -hmm. I had to get past a lot of Western medicine brainwashing about, you know, it's the only way to treat the body. It's the most cutting edge and stuff like that. When I started getting comfortable with cannabis and using it in a more medicinal way, I was like, I know why Big Pharma doesn't want this out. (laughs) It's beautiful. Anybody can grow it. It's, It's beneficial for so many things. And the mushrooms were the same way. That is the way I want to treat my body from now on, is with plants that are natural, that were given to us to use. Well, at any one point, when you were very heavily big farmed up, yeah, yeah, you know, how much shit were you taking? Oh, Lord. Like in 2007, oh, I've 
forgot to tell you also, I was addicted to opioids for a few years and had to have help coming off of those too. So that's something else that just had me screwed up all over the place. Um, I took, at one time I was on an antidepressant, anti-anxiety. I was on asthma medication, muscle relaxers, opioids, all kinds of pharmaceuticals, just a boatload of them. And now what pharmaceuticals are you on? Nothing. I'm 54 years old. I don't have high blood pressure anymore. I don't have asthma symptoms anymore. I don't take anything other than I use cannabis and then I use the mushrooms to microdose. And tell me what your microdosing regimen is. I take a quarter gram capsule, 100 milligrams of niacin, and then 500 milligrams of lion's mane mushroom every four days. When I'm, I haven't done it consistently in a while, but when I was doing it consistently, that's what I was doing. On a quarter gram of the psilocybin, I can still have a few physical effects from it, but it wasn't debilitating or anything. And once I got used to it, I was fine to, to go about my daily life. What are those little physical things you felt for somebody who's never done this before? Well, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to explain. It's Taking psilocybin is very different from taking cannabis. It, it has a different feel to it. My creativity would go up, especially with the niacin. I did read that the niacin helps carry the psilocybin across the blood-brain barrier. So it's going to give you some pop in there for the creativity and stuff. That's about all I notice with it. I didn't have visuals or anything like that. Just um, I could tell I was just a little bit different. When I was trying to replace my daily cannabis with the microdosing, I would find myself feeling a little bit more lethargic. I yawned a ton. I read yawning is, is like a purge. You know, some people when they do like ayahuasca and stuff, they'll, they'll vomit and have that kind of purging and stuff. And when I would take like two grams of psilocybin, I would just yawn sometimes. And when I saw that, that was just a form of purging. I was okay with it. I never got sleepy, but... The constant yawning will drive you nuts. Yes, it would me. And especially where I'm like, okay, I need to be up and my energy level be up. And, you know, there's there was nothing wrong with that feeling, but me wanting to be still and then yawning my face off. I'm like, okay, this is not productive. And so I I remember calling you. Yeah, yeah. And saying, like, okay. This isn't working for me. Like, let's, what are some other options? But really, it's been now, I mean, that was probably seven months ago it or was, so. Yeah. And so now having this much more space between that conversation with you then and the one we had, you know, a week or so ago, I'm like, okay, it's just a totally different strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not cannabis. It doesn't act like cannabis. It doesn't feel like cannabis. It's a totally different thing. I wouldn't want to take psilocybin every day. In fact, you can build up a tolerance to it really quickly. It's like caffeine. You can build it up quick and you'd have to take more and more and more. That's why they say stretch it out by four days because it will still be benefiting you even though, you know, it's left your body. Um, but it gives you time to recover before you take it again on that fourth day. But even on a quarter gram, you can, um, you know, mine are in capsules. You can even take that and pour half of it out and take even smaller dust where you don't feel any of the physical stuff and still get the benefits of the psilocybin. Now, one of the things that I've thought about for myself after considering that, okay, microdosing 
psilocybin is more of a long game approach to my, you know, emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so since it gives me that feeling, if I took mine at night, would it be affecting my dream state brain or like I have read, I mean, people write their opinions and put it on the internet. So everybody's is, is different. Everybody's body is different. Um, I've read don't take it at night because it can kind of keep you awake. Sometimes I get a real rush of energy from it. Sometimes I get the yawn, so I never know. Um, but taking a smaller dose, like take your capsule, empty out half of it, and mm -hmm. then take it in the morning. Get it where you don't feel anything. Well, so if I did that, would I want to take it every two days or still keep myself on the every no, four days? No, I would day? do the every four days. Okay. The The thing with the microdosing from what I've read is you want to keep it where you, you don't feel anything. You don't get a physical sensation from the psilocybin you're still benefiting from it mm -hmm. I, I would say just back it off a little bit and just consistently do it every four days set an alarm so you don't forget it write down your experiences and go back and look at it after a couple of months and see if you can tell changes mm -hmm. the, the other good piece of advice that you had given me was to make the action of taking it ceremonial yes so tell me what you do like changing, we were talking about changing my thought patterns. Uh, when I realized that that was working for me and I was getting some success from this, I thought, hmm, well, they call them magic. Let's program it. So I started programming the capsule. I would get the capsule and I would say, okay, I'm programming this to get, um, help me uh, love myself more. Whatever you want to do. Change my negative thought patterns, change my victimhood programming, and make it that particular capsule. This is what it's going to do. Program it and take it and trust that that's what's going to happen and let it go. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it anymore. I mean, if we create our reality with our thoughts, I can really take a magic capsule and change my life. I heard it so clearly in my head one day. How do you ever expect to experience magic if you don't believe in it? This is going to your, like, your childhood imagination. Use your imagination. It's the most beautiful gift that God's given you. It is how you create this reality. Most of the time we're using it in a real negative way and creating real shitty experiences for ourselves. It is magic. Use it. Think like a little kid. Kids don't know limits. Yeah, until a grown-up tells them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So tapping into that, that childlike energy during 2020, when you have to become your own best friend, <laughs> I played out in the backyard all the time, and I played like a kid. I stayed out in nature. I took my microdoses, and I just changed myself because there was nobody there to tell me that I couldn't except for me. And if I got myself to shut up about it, then I could do anything. Yeah. I had someone on the Casually Baked YouTube channel wrote a comment on something saying people don't change you can't change and I'm like uh buddy I beg to fucking differ right I was like um my own evidence I have changed immensely every year of my life yes we are constantly changing yes yes for the better or for the worse it's up to one us one way or the other yeah however you want to go I am I am not the same person I'm not, I've had a personality change you Pe don't physically look like the same person no no and I, I need to put a side by side on my website so people can see 
how different I look. And that's the first thing people notice. But people that know me and start talking to me, they're like, your your personality's different. Pharmacists that I worked with that have known me for years are like, you're, you're not the same. You don't have that depressed, was it affect anymore? I vibe higher. Mm-hmm. I just vibe higher now. Depressed people, you can feel their energy. It's low, it's dense, it's heavy, and it, it's, I feel... I feel bad for them because I know what that feels like to me in it. But when you're high vibing, you feel somebody like that. You can tell stark difference. When you're high vibe, you attract high vibe. Yes. And so another great exercise is really taking stock of the people in your life. Yes. Who are you spending your time with? Yes. So there are things that you've told me that you've done to get where you are. You know, you talked about the thought diet, which I fucking loved. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to write this down. (laughs) Yes, people need to go on a thought diet. Stop putting yourself on a food diet and go on a thought diet. So, you know, you've shared a couple of the exercises that you do about writing and thinking and physical activity. You mentioned some of the companion medications that you've used with the psilocybin and I Mm -hmm. and I'll include this stuff in the show notes for people but you know if somebody wants to get started if somebody's like okay yeah I've had enough yeah like I'm ready to change if somebody's wanting to change their path and and head this direction what are those first few things that you that come to mind for them to do don't tell yourself that you can't Don't put any limits on yourself. This is where having all that alone time really came into play for me is because I didn't have anybody telling me I couldn't do it. I didn't have anybody going, well, that's stupid. You can't program a capsule to change you. I didn't have anybody telling me I couldn't do it. And I changed myself by programming a capsule. (laughs) I, I had a doctor tell me one time, he said, smile because your brain doesn't know the difference. That's all your thoughts. And I'm like, if the brain is that easy to trick, I can tell my body I'm giving it a magic capsule to change my thoughts. Yeah. And I did. I listened to a lot of um, binaural beats on YouTube and stuff like that. One thing I did, I, I have a really crappy AC system in my house. And when I was hitting, you know, 105, 110 degrees out in Texas, I would die and my house could not get below 80 and so I thought, I thought back to the smile, your brain doesn't know the difference. And I thought, okay, I have a little electric fireplace that I can make just the flames play, but no heat come out. I thought, it's 108 degrees. I'm going to put on that fireplace. I'm going to put a blizzard video on, on YouTube and trick myself. And I did. My house was not any cooler, but my body was. And I was like, shit, if it's that easy, oh my God, I can do anything. And so just experiment with that stuff. If you don't talk yourself out of anything, out of any of your crazy ass ideas, and you don't have anybody else talking you out of it, my God, do you know what you can do? Anything. Anything. I mean, I'm just getting started. Hell yeah. <laughs> this has been so much fun. And I want, I want other people to experience it because shit, when you don't limit yourself, oh my God, I have had myself in a, a cage of fat for years, physically, where I couldn't move my body. Therefore, I wouldn't move my mind. I just froze, frozen. Once I started expanding my mind and playing with it and seeing what you could do, my body fell in line and came into balance without me having to do much. Though I dropped, 
like 80 pounds in 2020 very quickly. In fact, there were months where I was losing weight so fast. And since I didn't go anywhere, because there was no place to go, I hadn't been in my car in a couple of weeks. I went out and got in the car and I sat in there and the steering wheel was so far back, I thought my neighbor had driven my car and moved the seat. No, I had lost that much freaking weight that my stomach wasn't close to the steering wheel anymore. And I'm like, holy shit. Wow. I am changing physically and, and mentally and it's magic. You know, <laughs> and I felt like a lunatic most of the time. And I still don't understand my reality sometimes. It still kind of throws me. I'm like, what the hell happened? What the hell happened? You don't spend too much time wondering how it happened. You're just like, let's keep going. Yes. It's like, if I did this, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like 2020 was a year of planting seeds. And I feel like everything's fixing to start blooming this year. Amen to that. It, yeah. I mean, we all changed drastically in 2020. Yeah. And just like me saying, you know, at the beginning of the our conversation about how I woke up on the 31st yes. with a panic attack thinking like, holy shit, like I worked harder than anybody I know in 2020. How am I still right fucking here? But you were doing internal work. Yeah. And so, thank you. Our inner reflects our outer. You change your inner, your outer will change. And since we're still kind of playing in the 3D, it takes a little bit longer to manifest, but I do see our lives blossoming. We've done a shit ton of inner work. It cannot do anything but reflect in our outer. Yeah. Also talk about, you know, because you were having a little bit of a rough time on New Year's oh, Eve yeah. day as well, like I was. And you were talking about the collective consciousness. Um, yeah. So I, I do Reiki. I've been a Reiki master for the last 10 years. And I'm, I'm sensitive to energies and the collective energy and stuff. So on December 30th of 2020, I was, oh my God, I was so high vibing. I had so much physical energy and I was just felt connected to the gods and was just bouncing off the walls with all this amazing energy. And then I woke up on the 31st, like you, with the worst panic attacks that I have had. And I had no cannabis. I had nothing to get me through it but me. And I'm like, okay, okay. How do you want to handle this? Oh, it, it was rough physically. It was very rough. The panic attacks, the, the palpitations, the shortness of breath, all of that. And finally, I had, I had to get a hold of myself and go, Dawn, what changed in 24 hours? Is your bank account any less than it was? Is your health in decline from yesterday. No, no, none of that. But it was a very powerful day. It was the last day of a very, very strange year. Everybody was feeling it. So when the collective gets fired up like that, with all this energy and stuff, um, you, you feel it too, because we're a part of the collective. But nothing else had changed in my life. So when I could kind of catch that emotional spin out that I was in and go, Dawn, nothing's changed. It's your thoughts that are creating this for you. So when the energy is amplifying like that, and if you're in a negative thought, it's going to amplify that negative thought. And if you get emotional about it, you're going to go on that roller coaster ride. And it's going to be more intense because the collective is 
fired up at this point. And the other thing that the collective is fired up about is flipping a fucking switch and everything being completely different the very next day for 2021. Yeah. Like everybody's ready to throw 2020 away, light that mother and bless 2020. Whatever it looked like for you, whether it was your worst year or your best year, bless it because you grew whether you know it or not. And I know a lot of people want to slap me for that, but 2020, call it what you want, but it was a game changer. Yeah. In absolutely. so many ways. And if you can look at it as a growth period, a bunch of growing pains for the collective and, and for us individually, and know that we're coming out stronger, I do see the collective shifting into a much higher vibration and stuff. We're just having to shake off the dust. This was like, the, 2020 was like the, the phoenix rising from the ashes and we are dusting the ashes off now. I appreciate that thought so much, so much that again, we can think that or we can think that we're in for a whole other shitstorm again. So it's yeah. like we get to choose. Exactly. And then we will be living parallel lives with those people that think shit is still shitty. Yeah. You know what I it's mean? It's all like, how you, you get, look at it. Yes, Absolutely. It is all how you look at it. A lot of people would freak out about being isolated for as many months as I was. I thought, God, this is kind of awesome. I don't have to deal with anybody's shit but my own. And if I can learn to deal with my shit and be okay with that, then I'll be okay with other people, being around them while they're dealing with their stuff. It, it was just the prime opportunity for me to, what do you really want to do, Dawn? Do you want to keep going the way you've been going? No. This is the opportunity to change everything. Yeah. For me, the not being able to see people basically meant that my business folded. Yes. Now I did experience that. You know? <laughs> yes. And so, you know, people renting space, you know, renting hours in my studio or me producing content for other people, like that stuff just stopped. Yeah. And so the forced alone time, yes, emotionally, like I was moving energy and uh, lots of personal growth, you know, new creative projects, all that stuff was happening, but there was zero dollars entering my bank account. Yes. So trying to figure out how to reconcile both of those things was really the challenge of my whole year. Yeah. How can I be happy and keep my vibe up? And keep going and doing things, but then still being a solopreneur, how are you paying your contractors and helpers and, and, and paying your bills and keeping a roof over your head? Like, it was such a, I mean, it felt like a big cosmic joke. I was just like, okay, what in the world? How am I going to do this? But every fucking month, something, something happened. worked out for you. Yes. Same here. I started doing Reiki out of my home in February of 2020. Seriously? During COVID, you think I'm going to get strangers to come into my house? No! <laughs> I'm like, damn it! <laughs> and I've never been this broke in my life. I, I haven't been able to pay my rent since August. I have a, a, a darling of a landlord, thank God. Yet, I haven't starved. Money has magically appeared for me somehow, some way to pay my utilities. I've had people buy me groceries out of the blue when I didn't have any food. I didn't have to ask for it. It just happened. Trusting that the universe has your back is key. 
Am I good at the trust? No. Am I better than I used to be? Yes. Because I have seen so many unexplainable things happen. Um, money coming to me that I, I could never have imagined. Um, somebody buying me groceries, somebody giving me clothes because I'd lost weight so quick. I did. I looked like a homeless person most of the time because all my clothes were gigantic. And somebody giving me clothes that would fit me better. I was always provided for. Mm-hmm. So I still feel like this is that um, we were going through the, the transformation, the butter, going from the, the chrysalis and becoming the butterfly. And I feel like we're just fixing to blossom into that. And it's also looking at those things instead of, well, I didn't pay my rent. Somebody paid my rent for me. Don't judge it like that. Exactly. The universe, the universe sent me an angel. My neighbor helped me pay my rent one time. And yes, I, I, the first thing I did was, like, oh, God, I, I felt such tremendous guilt because, you know, she's not rich. But then I was like, there are angels on this planet that look just like humans. Mm-hmm. And I live next to one. When I could be okay and, and thank the universe for sending me that rather than judging how it came to me, it flows. More of that will flow to you. That's part of allowing the universe to take care of me and trust that it will rather than me trying to force everything to work the way I think it should. Universe wants you to flow. Universe wants you to be open to magic. If you're not open to magic, the universe can't give you magic. Yeah, I dig that. Mm-hmm. I dig that. And so there's a huge difference between, you know, microdosing psilocybin to get yourself to a place where thinking like this is natural for you. Yeah. And then there is the hero dose of psilocybin. Which I have never done. And the hero dose of psilocybin, a lot of people, you know, when I read Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind, Mm -hmm. the book is broken up into three parts. And the first part, you know, the history of psilocybin, psychedelics and all that stuff. And then he goes into his experience of never doing it before and like Mm -hmm. going through that. And then the end of the book is what that hero dose of psilocybin has done for people. And, you know, people that suffer from PTSD. Yes. Yes. It's a game changer. People who are dying. Yes. Of, you know, of cancer or whatever, and they are facing death and and questioning, you know, how they've spent their mortality. Like, you know, so a hero dose can be a great reset for the brain. Yes. And so I find it fascinating to see the different ways that the mes- the medicine can work for us. Absolutely. When I was in pharmacy, of course, I dealt with lots of people with PTSD and stuff. And I just found out the other day that one of my old patients had taken a heroic dose. And he, he's a vet. And he had PTSD and OCD and depression and anxiety. And just he was on a laundry list of psych meds and anxiety meds and stuff. He was getting ready to kill himself. And a friend of mine, who we both worked at the pharmacy, gave him five grams. And it reset him. And he was good for, you know, a good six months without having horrible episodes and stuff. And then he got another five grams. And so he was going to kill himself earlier this year. And he called the other guy from the pharmacy that I worked with and said, I don't know what to do. And um, my friend got him five grams and said, try this. 
when I when I first started wanting to microdose, I did it because I wanted to help with the depression and anxiety, but I didn't connect that my thoughts were the reason for my depression and anxiety. So I was blown away when I realized that that's what the mushrooms did, was help me change my thoughts. Um, I've read that they um, help create new neural pathways in the brain. So that's, that's that programming thing. If I think of my brain as a computer system and I take out all the outdated limiting programming and program my little magic capsule with all these positive programs, that's what it's doing. Absolutely. And we are being programmed every day in every way by all of these other outside sources. Yes. So it's shutting off mainstream media. Yes. It's shutting off the shitty family relationships that you have people telling you that you're fat and ugly or that you're worthless or all of those things it's like okay all of these other things that are trying to program me yes let me just freaking hit the power button on all of that and shut that shit off yes and I'm gonna program myself the way I want to be programmed well and this just came to me it was like me programming myself as a child to avoid the pain of someone calling me fat or ugly I went ahead and did it to myself first I programmed myself with that. I can program myself with lovely things now instead of hateful things. We we have the control. We think it's somebody outside of us that helps us change our lives. No, it's always been me. I've been the one creating every single second of this life. That means I have control. My control is how I react and how I feel when a situation comes up. That's where my control is. Your reaction to situations is your control. One of the things that Crystal told me a long time ago, because you know I can get hyphy and <laughs> and I have very powerful energy. Yes. I can walk into a room and my energy can dominate that room. I have gigantic energy. Uh, yes, I understand yours. And so, you know, my family would tell me like, hey, like, you know, you can be a little scary, like, <laughs> and, yes. and, you know, and get loud. I mean, I've been told to please use my inside voice forever. <laughs> okay. So Crystal told me the calmest person in the room mm-hmm. is going to be in control. I like that. And so when I do start getting that way, if I am in a group, I look for those calm people in the room yeah I and I give myself that pause and that breath and it's like do I engage or do I even need to be in here yeah because sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is just exit yep yep this is something that I I started doing that is um has been entertaining be a detached observer of your reality no emotions just watch and observe when you're in a group of people don't put emotions on anything, no matter what they're talking about. If they're in, a, in an exciting conversation, don't have emotions. Just watch it like a show that you're not involved in. Pull back on that emotional body a little bit. It doesn't have to be right up front and center the first thing to react. Sit and watch. Then see how you feel about it. It's a very different situation. I had always had my emotions right out front, and I was so reactive without thinking. Now I try to have, now I try to think before my emotions rush in to create some insanity that I usually always have. Well, and that works so well for us in those 
fight or flight moments yes. or, you know, whenever there is an emergency. Yes. Yeah. You know, I watch my brother. He's um, he's a therapist, so he, he really thinks before he speaks. I don't. My, <laughs> my mouth is going about 10 minutes before my brain most of the time. And he would aggravate me because it'd take him for freaking ever to give me an answer on stuff. But I'm like, that's the smarter way to do it. That's the way you don't get yourself in a, an emotional knot is by sitting there and taking a deep breath before you react to anything. Being able to do that more in my life, I'm not saying I'm great at it, but it has helped me tremendously too. And being comfortable with the silence. Yes. Allowing there to be a little bit of thought processing time and, and just some reflection before going in to, you know, your rebuttal or your addition to the conversation or the collective. And that is something that I work on because I'm, I'm a natural conversationalist. Yeah. So I can just flow, 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 and then take a breath 20 minutes later. But, you know, when you're trying to like this, produce content for people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to edit out 45 minutes of a conversation anymore. Yeah. So I try to be way more thoughtful during that conversation. And, you know, that's something that so many people need to work on. Yes. We all need to work on our listening skills. Most of us listen just so we can just hear enough of what the other person's saying so we can go ahead and throw in our two cents. But we're not really quietly observing this person and listening to them. I try to be more mindful of that. And I think plant medicine is such an amazing co-pilot for that because it's like your higher self is more engaged in the dialogue when, when plant medicine is flowing through your veins. Yes. I, I can take one hit of cannabis and feel my crown chakra just go just blossoms and opens and and the connection is so strong. I use it before I I meditate every morning. And man, just just one hit. It's just enough that I feel like I've been plugged in. I can do it without it. But the cannabis makes it a lot easier. And more enjoyable, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tell people cannabis infused meditation is my most important meeting of the day. Yes. And, you know, there's so many different ways that we can meditate. It doesn't have to be just, you know, sitting there focusing on your breath or whatever. Sometimes if I've got a lot going on, I'll have a notepad by me. And when my higher self gives me some little nod about something, I'll pause, write it down. Jot it down. And then go back. You know, there's... It's not like a cheating no. meditation. No, it's it's <laughs> tailor-made for you. What works for you? Mm-hmm. We we get so hung up that we're not doing something the way somebody else did. That That's always my biggest thing. Well, with the microdosing, I, I would read on the internet and see 10,000 people have 10,000 different ways of doing it. And I'm like, just please experiment, Dawn. Please just try something on your own. Quit Googling everything in your freaking life and just <laughs> experiment. Yeah. So I just started playing with it that's and such great advice yeah well my guides came in very clearly one day they're like stop googling stop googling I, I wouldn't experiment with anything I w- <laughs> taking care of my vegetable garden I would go google well when and how should I plant this I'm like for Christ's sake 
Do you know what people did before the internet? They just put seeds in the ground. (laughs) But you quit being such a freak about everything and just allow yourself to flow. You are an intuitive person. Google is not your higher self. Listen to your higher self. Yes, Google, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter. All these motherfuckers are (laughs) not your conscience. Thank God. Thank you. Exactly. Ugh. Yes, that's such great advice. And if nothing else, I hope people get out of this conversation that experimenting with plant medicine and being alone with your thoughts yes. is one of the best gifts you can give yourself in the new year. That is the truth right there. You can't get any more natural. These are plants. Nothing's been done to them. When big pharma gets involved, they want to pull stuff out and take away from the wholeness of a plant. It's in its perfect state the way it is. Quit effing with it, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Just try it. Why we lean on Google, why we lean on other people and we want experts. We don't trust ourselves. And we're we're afraid. We're afraid we're going to fuck up. So please, somebody else tell me yes. somebody else tell me what I need to do so I can be perfect and not fuck up. And that's just ridiculous. It's us trying to be efficient about everything. Well, if I see everybody else's mistakes, then I can cut to the front of line and not make those. Please make the fucking mistakes. That's the growth. And they're not mistakes. They're just experiences. Amen. I love you so much. I love you, honey. I appreciate who you are and I love watching you move through the world. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you feel moved to speak about right now? I I did want to say one other thing is for anybody that's struggling with the weight stuff, since I have done this my entire life, I also had bariatric surgery in 2003. I was at 300 pounds and I lost over 150 pounds, but I had gained back up to 245 within probably two years. And I had people go, how on earth? Did you gain weight after having your body altered to where you couldn't? I said, because I didn't change my thoughts. I still had super shitty self-esteem. And I thought, well, I, you know, I can't lose weight on my own. I'll have somebody cut my body apart and rearrange it where I'll lose weight. No, it didn't. That's not the way it works. Had I been able to change my thoughts back then, I wouldn't have had to alter my body. Now I have issues because it doesn't work right. It's the thoughts. It's the thoughts. It always is. It always has been. And it always will be. That is what this reality is. You create it with your thoughts. Once more people realize that and start consciously creating, oh my God, this world can be... I'm going to use it again. Magical. A playground. (laughs) An absolute playground. Yes. Yes. Now, I have a hard time pulling these thoughts together, but this reality is like the placebo effect. So if I believe I can create a magical reality using the placebo effect, then I can. My life looks pretty fucking magical to me right now. It honestly does. I cannot explain how strange it is to have changed this much. People think it's just physical, but it's not. Everything about me is so different. And it's in spiritual terms. Have you ever heard of a walk-in? It's a soul that that agrees to come in. If say I wanted to commit suicide, a walk-in would be a soul that wants to come in and take over the rest of 
my body for the rest of this life. Does that make any sense? You, you might want to read about it because I'm not doing a very good job explaining it. But I was so different that I questioned, you know, am I a walk-in? Did, am I another soul that came in and took over Dawn's body at this point? Because I felt that different. Okay. And no, I don't believe that's what happened. I believe I changed my thoughts that much and I changed my reality. Well, when you were saying that, I started thinking about my really crazy decision to back in 2012 to give away all of my things <laughs> and sell my car and quit my six-figure job Mm-hmm. to go move to Italy and figure out how to get paid to be myself, take a midlife retirement, just reset. Mm-hmm. And it really was me needing to get away from all of the people and yes. all of the things that said, this is who you are. This is how you act. Yes. This is how you dress, Joanna. This is what how you respond to things and just needing to completely cut the cord so that I could give myself an opportunity to be the person that I wanted to be without anybody that knew me. Exactly. I mean, I moved halfway across the world where literally not a single person in that country knew me. Yep. And the other thing that that helped me do was at the end of the year when I got my income tax you know, return, I had made like $12,000 that year. Mm-hmm. And to know that I could have the best year and experience of my life and only make $12,000. What does that tell you? I mean, it blew up everything I thought I knew about life and my world and everything. And that's when I started living completely outside of the box of what was the norm. Yeah. You, You reset yourself. Yeah. Yep. And now I'm needing to do another reset because for me as a high achiever and a doer and an action oriented person. Mm -hmm. I've lived in the lifestyle and the mindset that I got to get it done. It's on me to do it. And why can't I get the kind of service that I give? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I've got to now reprogram that because I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah. (laughs) Doers and action people are are really having to let go of the control. This this is where you got to trust your higher self. This is where you, you're our um we have to trust that the universe has our back. Were you going to say root chakra? I started to <laughs> <laughs> I, because what I have been seeing in my mind this whole the whole year 2020 is the collective's root chakra is just getting shaken and rolled. And our safety and security is being shaken up. We needed to move. We needed changes. And that's the way to get people is is to get them to move is that root chakra. So it's not all on you. It's not all on me. We have to trust in our ourselves and our gods and know that magic can happen through the universe like somebody helping you out with your rent when you can't get it. That stuff can come to us more when we're open to it. And it will flow more. The more you focus on the magical and the the euphoric and, and synchronistic parts of life, the more they come to you. Yeah. And it really was a huge year of allowing myself to be helped. Yes, I had to do it too. I mean, I, there were times where I would lay in the floor like a toddler and just want to scream because I couldn't make things happen that 
I wanted to happen. And I, my higher self would just go, you have to let go. You have to let go. Lay on your back and let the river carry you instead of trying to swim upstream against the rapids. When you will turn over and relax and flow, it's going to feel so much better. And then once you get used to it and see that you are supported in ways and just be open to the, how those ways come to you, you're going to love life so much more. Amen to that. We're starting 2021. And this is this was a message I was like, okay, we need to start the year with this message. Hell yes. Make it magical. Amen. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for hanging out. I know this is your first time to share your message in this sort of format. So thank you for being brave and doing that. Thank you for letting me speak because I'm I'm not one to usually talk. And I, I keep getting from my higher self, you have to speak. You have to let people know. It'll bring in Reiki business, you know, whatever I need for my life to flow. I have to put myself out there. And that's something I've always been terrified to do because I didn't want anybody seeing me. I didn't want people looking at me. I didn't want people knowing me. And I'm a completely different person now. So I feel like I have, I don't know exactly who I am anymore. I've got to experiment and find out what I like. And so thank you for allowing me to talk. Yes. And share my story. Awesome. I hope everybody else appreciated this as much as I did. This has been really helpful for me. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. I I hope it helps somebody. That's if just one person can shift. I've done my part. This has just been mind blowing for me. And I would love for other people to be able to feel as good as I have because I've had a crazy ass life as as have a lot of people. And for me to come from somebody that used to just self mutilate and had turned low self-esteem into this high art form, the way I could degrade (laughs) myself, I'd become quite adept at that. To be able to change in midlife and completely turn it around is, Jesus, it's just mind-blowing. You're a shiny example, my friend. Thank you. I love you. Unlike cannabis, which was criminalized in the 1920s, Psilocybin was not outlawed until the war on drugs in the 1970s. The movement to decriminalize psilocybin in the United States began in the late 2010s. Denver, Colorado became the first city to decriminalize psilocybin in May 2019. Oakland, where I live, followed suit in June 2019, and Santa Cruz, California, decriminalized psilocybin in January 2020. And during the November 2020 elections, Oregon became the first state in the nation to legalize psilocybin in therapeutic settings. Dr. Bronner's Soap Company donated more than $1 million directly to the Yes campaign for Measure 109 and provided most of the money behind a political committee that gave another $1.5 million to the cause. Measure 109 passed with 56% of the vote. It'll be two years before psilocybin therapy is available to Oregonians. But no matter where you live, you don't have to wait that long. There are therapy centers and retreats popping up around the globe that specialize in plant medicine protocols. Hero doses of psilocybin are successfully being used to treat major depression, PTSD, addiction, and end-of-life anxiety. This therapy requires the guidance of a psychotherapist or other trained professional. On the other end of the spectrum, 
microdoses of psilocybin are proving very useful in the treatment of depression and anxiety, like Dawn shared with us today. Microdosing mushrooms every few days is like playing the long game without the psychedelic trip. With intentional use, you can use low doses of psilocybin to rewire your brain and replace the negative thought loops and neural pathways that aren't serving you with something better. If you feel stuck and unhappy with yourself or situation, why not let go of the way things are to make space for the way things could be? I encourage you to lean into the magic and experiment with your thoughts in plant medicine. And if Dawn's story inspired you to go on a thought diet, I hope you'll share this podcast with your inner circle. You'll find helpful resources in the podcast 168 show notes at casuallybaked.com. And if you're searching for your cannabis dream job this new year, submit your resume at whiteashgroup.com. White Ash Group is North America's premier choice for cannabis staffing, recruitment, and executive search. And if you're an industry trailblazer trying to start the new year by getting your time back, White Ash Group provides pre-screened and vetted top-tier talent and custom hiring solutions so you can feel good building your dream team and work-life balance. From roots to suits in the U.S. and Canada, visit whiteashgroup.com to learn more about cannabis staffing, recruitment, and executive search. Tell them Joe sent you. I've got more fresh podcasts in the queue, so be sure to subscribe to Casually Baked and don't miss your weekly dose of can of confidence. And help others find this highly responsible cannabis content by rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Email your can of curious questions through the website at casuallybaked.com. You can also DM me on social. I'm at casuallybaked on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're picking up what I'm putting down, become a podcast patron for $5 per month at patreon.com backslash casually baked. Remember, my friend, thoughts become things, so choose the best ones in 2021. And puff, puff, pass it on. Casually Baked, the podcast was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. Editing and mixing performed by Q9 Productions. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on Podcon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at the Talking Hedge 
podcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.